What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do was to drink, do drugs, hang out with friends, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. Mm. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with someone and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, Rami Evan Esh. Yeah, man. What's up, Rami man? E- it's cool. I'm here. Yeah. I don't really get introduced as Rami Evan Esh. That was awesome. Yeah. You know. You go by. Kosha Dills. Kosha Dills. But it was cool. You're like the first person to introduce me as Rami Evan Esh. Well, that's, I mean, it's interesting because I've had people on that have different stage names. Yeah. And then it's one of those weird things where it's like, well, what do you want me? And I always just go by the name. To be honest right. with you, I go by the name that's on the whatever app, Instagram. Yeah. Whatever app that I was communicating with them on. I'm being obsessed with using my real name as of recent to like find myself. Yeah. <laughs> just, you're like, well, the at is Kosha Dills. So everyone's like Kosha Dills. So it's just kind of interesting. if like you were named. If everyone's like, Hey, drinking buddy. Yeah. They would only, cause you're known as like what you do. And you're like, I podcast and I'm drinking buddy. Yeah. Ex drinking buddy. Oh yeah. Ex drinking buddy. And then your nephews and nieces are like, Hey, ex drinking buddy. And you're like, you're seven. <laughs> Yeah. That actually does happen to me at work. I work with people where English isn't their first language, but they'll, they'll follow me. They, some of them follow me on social media. So when I come in, they go, eh, ex drinking buddy. I love how politically correct that was. <laughs> I didn't do an accent. You know, <laughs> people who's English isn't their first language. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. So then they go by what they see on the app. Right. Cause I've worked there. I've worked at the restaurant I've been at now for over two years and most of the staff the restaurant business pronounce is my name brandon no it's more and mostly it's brandon brandon and i'll be like there's no d and they go brandon and i go brennan and they go that's what i said brandon and i'm like all right cool we're just i'm just brandon <laughs> that's that's awesome i had a friend who's uh, named brian he's like call me b i was like call you b that's fucking I, weird <laughs> that's funny you say that because i used to actually get visibly upset when people would be like yo big b and i go it's brennan mm. and i don't even know why that started I but visibly, i feel like it's brennan <laughs> i get visibly upset when people say kosher with a hard r oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's don't, the name of the episode with the hard r <laughs> don't say my name with a hard r it's kosher not kosher all right I wanted, uh, you reached out because I, I had uh, Leon and you were like, hey man, I've been oh, sober yes. too. Yeah. And Lee. I was like, well, fucking let's do it, dude. Yeah. Lee's great. Lee's great. 
Danny's great. Our sober buddies. Yeah, we have some sober um, buddies in comedy. I wanted to talk about, before we get into some of the stories and stuff like that, because you've been sober 19 years. 19. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's, That's awesome. A whole Congratulations, child. man. Yeah. <laughs> but how did you even get to New York? Because we've been here about the same amount of time. What, where are you originally from? Uh, New Jersey. Okay. I got sober and arrested all my times in New Jersey. I moved to California with about eight years clean. That was 2011, drove across the country. Did I tour across America? I think I did like 15 shows across the US and then landed in LA. And then from there, I did my time, did eight years, went to 2019, mm -hmm. left LA, went to Israel, um, stayed in Israel, probably like summer of 2019 till 2020, right before the pandemic because I came for a US tour and then mm -hmm. I just never went back. Okay. <laughs> like everything was just like the world shut, shut down, down and yeah. then I went back to my old place in LA which I was still able to get and just navigated there for like a little bit and then I was like I'm out. Like let's do New York. My homie's like I got a van with some PPP loan money or like unemployment and uh Drove across America in like a 90 1993 for real? A Kano van, yeah. Just doing spots. Just like, I think we did some shows and just went places and just did, we went to Vegas, you Dude, know, it's like whatever. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know. So what did you start doing? Cause if you always done, you've done sketch and stuff too, or have you just done stand up? Nah, stand up is new because I'm all wilding out. Yeah. So I always dreamed of like, I remember doing some open mics and stuff like on tour. I think I clearly remember once doing something in Asheville, North Carolina and be mm -hmm. like, I'm going to go on this open mic. And then I started rapping and I think someone threw a tomato at me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, so wait, what year was that? I don't even could it early. 20 could have been 2009 could have been 2013 okay i don't know um i think it was around that era so just, did you get into show business before you got sober or after uh after okay i mean i was rapping and stuff but like you know my first thing was 2005 you know i was trying yeah. to put a record out just just putting out Printing up CDs and rapping, yeah, and just being a recording artist. Yeah, my um, my twin sister, her mm. ex boyfriend from back when we were like eighteen, uh, he lives in LA now, um, but he's he does music in LA. He does R and B and hip hop and stuff. But I remember those days when we were basically kids, and they would just get their friends together and get like a laptop or a computer and like just record, and then we'd print out the CDs and like burn just pass, CDs. Yeah, just pass them out. I was burning <clears throat> CDs on my compact Presario. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And they had like an inkjet printer where, where it would like print like a CD. The actual cover. cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. On the CD. Not like the inserts. And then I graduated to like the inserts where I went to like a mixtape guy in Newark. Okay. And then. Um, when did you start doing music? How old were you? Mm, I mean, my first CD, that was 2004. I mean, like. I started rapping when I was a teenager. Yeah. Was like, this in like school or like yeah, how did you high school? How did you find it? I guess is what I'm asking. I had a friend who was, you know, a rapper in Queens and he worked at a record store and uh, he was really good at battle rap. And at this okay. place called New Eureka Poets Cafe, very classic New York poetry. New Eureka, New York's and Puerto Rican. That's it. That's what, you know, that's yeah. what a New Eurekan is. And. They had like some open mics out there, jam sessions with a live band. This is sort of like, you know, the kind of jazz rap vibe, underground hip hop. Yeah. You know, poetry. That's something beat. I'm very interested in. That's because this is an area where a lot of it started. Yeah. Obviously, hip hop was hip -hop born in Hip hop started in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
So 50 years of hip hop right now. Is it? Mm-hmm. Wow. They're crazy, right? Yeah. It's crazy to think that I was doing hip hop when it was like 20 some years ago. 25 years of hip hop. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Go. 25 years of hip hop. I'd be like, yeah, fucking congratulations, dude. <laughs> <laughs> go jump off a three foot building. I don't know. So you get into music through your friend, and then did you have a talent for? Because again, being in that environment, I, I just I like couldn't, I couldn't. Do I was it. competitive, so I liked battle rap. Yeah, and I liked you know going at other people and stuff. Because we just, would get drunk, and then they would all be like throwing mm. back and forth, and then they'd look at me, and I'd be like, I've got nothing. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't do yeah, this. I loved com- competing. You know what I'm saying? So I was a wrestler in high school and college, and I just liked me versus you mm-hmm. and you know i like the shock value it made me feel good like being like the only dude who wasn't black in a room and they were like nah and this is like you know eminem had just kind of come out this yeah. is like early 2000s and you're like really this is crazy like i remember like a really successful chinese rapper jin battling and people just saying the craziest shit and i'm like dude that would never happen today like people <laughs> like that is so crazy and uh it's so funny and he became sort of like a faith-based rapper over the years and he was involved in all and he had a record deal with dmx and all oh, kinds of stuff yeah Jin, check him out he was the first chinese rapper now he rap he could rap in mandarin and he had a song called y'all gonna learn chinese like like yeah i'm gonna teach everybody chinese and i was just like and he's just a bunch of it's black good. dudes. Yeah, yeah, it was dope. And he sold records because back then people were selling CDs, you know, there was a mm-hmm. lot of money in yeah. music. Now, you know, the money is very thin. It's more similar to comedy. Well, yeah, that was the thing when uh, all the streaming services mm-hmm. came out. Everyone was just like, oh, we don't sell Before, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just, now we print up our vinyl. Yeah. Tape, like well, tapes the, are back. Yeah, the vinyl. And then um, as corny as it sounds, it's almost come full circle where merch is a thing. Obviously, I wear all my shit, but it was like yeah. one of those things where it went from, you know, you get merch to sell to like make money to keep doing the road. And then you get to a certain point where you're like, oh, that's hacky. But now it's come full circle because we don't sell CDs. We don't sell specials. So, you don't sell, buy you, t-shirts. You buy t-shirts. I sell socks. Do you really? I got mad socks. Really? Pickle socks. A lot of pickle themed stuff. This is actually from a pickle company, Grillo's. Yeah. Um, shout out to them. Why and, pickles? Uh, Kosha Dills. Got it. Where the did that didn't become a thing until 2015 when yeah, Pickle that's... Rick came out? I was on Warp Tour. Remember Warp Tour? Oh yeah, I remember. I went to Warp Tour a bunch back in Florida. I feel like Josh Josh is on tour with uh Josh Adam Myers on tour with Jelly Roll. Yeah. Kind of like a similar world, very unique and like to what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And the merch it has that was audience. there. Yeah, it has this, this specific kind of audience mm-hmm. that kind of comes out and it's like a mix of rock and rap and all kind of stuff. And obviously, you know, being like the Jewish rapper with a pickle green and they're like pickle Rick, and I was just like, I'm selling pins. I'm selling. Pin- I'm selling <laughs> I'm pickle it. pins. I'm selling CDs with pickle covers. I had a spoof. My my album, what I do all day in pickle, was like a spoof of uh, the Velvet Underground and Nico. Okay. From you know Andy Warhol. So yeah. instead of the banana, it was a pickle. Pickle. Yeah. And everyone's like, I like the pickle CD. You know, just like playing into this audience of like, how am I going to get them to stop? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I was coming up with clever ways to do it. I'm like, is, am I really doing this shit? Like, and yeah, so take us through what has. So you started doing all this stuff, and then obviously, what triggered in your head to be like, I'm going to LA to do to do this? Because um, you went to LA for well, music, I'm assuming. Yeah, yep. Like, I went to LA to music. My producer that had that I worked with was was in LA, and 
I'm like, you know, put one foot in front of the other, just doing shows, colleges, anything, you mm-hmm. know, um, beginning to street perform, which became really big in New York for me. And uh, one day I got a call from for a Warp Tour. And uh, that was kind of the coolest thing about Warp Tour is like it's a big agency tour. It's like through CAA. Oh, so shit. If anyone knows, you're like CAA. You're like, I hit it big. I'm yeah. like, this is like the number one booking agency, you know? So, um, you get you know in advance that you're going on this massive tour playing for thousands of people yeah because those tours aren't small for anyone who has never been to the warp tour it's like ten thousand a pop yeah minimum we used to do it in orlando and they would do it at the like not even like the volusia county would do it too so they would do like 10 or 12 spots in florida and it was always at massive like fairgrounds almost like fields like giant massive fields we just pop up this tent and say i still got the tent Anyone, you really? Yeah. Anyone who's done Warped Tour, they still have their tents because yeah. it's like now you pop up at these outdoor things. We're like, wow, where'd you get that? And you're like, it all existed. And all these places were in business because of Warped Tour because mm-hmm. all the people would come every summer buy the scrims for the tents. And so it says kosher dills. It's pickle green. Had a pickle that, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just all, and it was just stuck out. And that kind of became a thing. And now, Foodies are like the new, so pickles are popular. You see pickle ice cream, oh, yeah. pickle this, pickle that. So we next, were, next was, thing is, you know, make my own pickles and yeah, sell them. I was going to say, I was just at work and someone had a spicy pickle flavored popcorn, like a bag. And I was like, exactly. what is this? And they were like, this yeah, is dude, a thing. It's a thing. So I've been doing it way before that was a thing. Yeah. You've been doing it. <laughs> yeah. Celebrating 50 years of pickles. Yes. Hip hop. <laughs> yeah. So when you, how did the whole Wild and Out thing happen then? Because was that, that, I'm assuming that's more music based than it was yeah, comedy based because you weren't even in the comedy Just world. roasting and just like dissing people with bars, you know, yeah. like I was street performing and uh, I started doing things in New York during a pandemic and I never really went viral like on Instagram, but then I started rapping in extreme weather. So like it was snowing and it was a blizzard during Hanukkah, like December of 2020. Yeah, I remember. And, or no, uh, 2021 is when I was here. So, so, so the winter blizzard, was even worse yeah, in 2020. There was like a rabbi. He was like lighting the menorah in Williamsburg, and I'm like, I'm a rap. I like bought a snowsuit and just started rapping, and like this rabbi was filming me, and I, I posted it, and then this Instagram page, Green Pointers, reposted mm-hmm. it, and then what is New York posted it. And uh, then I was like, people were like, yo, New York is crazy. New York is back. People don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, and I'm like, you're like, oh, man, this is like how to make a hit song, like to start rapping in Blizzard. So anytime it started snowing, I would be out there. Then it would be like a monsoon, gorilla rain. You You'd know? go out there? I'd go out. Yeah. So in a rainstorm, uh, it was like a nor'easter. <laughs> it was a Knicks game. A year later, uh, I was... Yeah, maybe not even a year later. It wasn't even a year because I was I was here at that point. It was that hurricane that came through. Yeah, and then I rapped in like. Uh, I remember that. I walked the, home from the stand to Fifty Second Street because all the subways were shut down. I rapped and after a Knicks game, and Fat Joe appeared in like a massive rainstorm, but the Knicks had won, and like he's like Fat Joe started rapping with me, and I oh did, for real? Yeah, and you then, had this on tape. No, yeah, it fuck was yeah, the, dude, the biggest, that's uh, sick viral thing. Yeah, that I've done so. I mean, I was rapping and he rapped with me and I like knew all the words to his verse. Yeah. That he spit. That was like 20 years old. <laughs> you know, because yeah, so was he impressed? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just did it and it it was good for every, all parties involved. Like he. The, this might sound super hacky, but I only get Mr. <clears throat> Softies because of like when I get ice cream on the street, like soft serve, I only look for the Mr. Softy truck because of Fat Joe. Really? Yeah. Because he has that line like Mr. Softy on the block. 
Oh man, that's so, crazy. That's such a fat Joe says that. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, but he does have that line. But it's like when I moved to New York, I was like, oh boy, oh boy, I'm a New Yorker now. And I saw Mr. Softy's Softy. truck, and I was like, there you go, the fucking Fat Joe. I'm a New Yorker <laughs> now. Shout out to Fat Joe. <laughs> Shout out to Fat Joe. And he's like, he was at like the vice president's house for 50 years of hip hop, and I'm like, Shh, I was just with Fat Joe. And basically at the you, Knicks game, yeah. And then then I start rap out, and then like everybody goes to a Knicks game. So I'm like, every I know I rapped with um, Fat Joe, then I rap with Take Well, rest in peace, Take Off from the Migos. Oh yeah, uh, one of the other Migos, Quavo. Um, oh so, no, Offset. I rap with Offset. I rap with Gary V. How did that happen? The Knicks kinda, game thing, where you just one night you're like, I just post up all the time yeah. outside the Knicks games, and I'm just rapping. It's like a little gig. So it's, it's the like, street I'm performer, busking, and you, yeah, you go, okay. That's it. That's See, that's it. super and I just smart. Yeah. Roasting, hey, you and you, da da da. You like, you know, whatever your verse. You're probably a fan of the San Antonio Spurs. Oh my God, I'm not. I hate those guys. And uh, <laughs> just like that, yeah. yeah, yeah, you just get their attention. You're like, yo, man, you're really talented. And one day, you'll, maybe you should go on America's Got Talent. <laughs> you're like, I hope you get hit <laughs> by a UPS truck on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but you know whatever it's like sometimes you do it and you love it because i love being in the moment like right now we're talking i'm telling a story but other times you're like i can't believe i'm over 40 and i'm like rapping about somebody's grandma and her dog like whatever you know yeah. fucking god has given me the gift <laughs> <laughs> oh but i mean it is a real thing because i i find it in stand-up all the time there's certain places i go and you yeah. just you're you're doing your set and you're in the moment and it's going well and you're like fucking I don't there's nowhere I'd rather be and then like there's, there's other no, times yeah there's no one I'd rather there's nowhere I'd rather be than this Italian restaurant in northern New yeah, Jersey right. and your people like that's they're the like thing. Jewish comedian yeah. <laughs> that's the crazy thing because then there are other times where I'm at an open mic and it's a bunch of like 19 and 20 somethings who are just starting their comedy career. And I'm like, well, I've got this new bit I want to do on a bigger show and I don't want it to bomb. So I'm going to work it out at an open yeah. mic. And then I'm looking around the room like you're 35. Like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, how is this your life? I say it all the time, but probably one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had in New York was I was doing a podcast in the studio with Josh Adam Myers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Josh was one of my first guests that had any credits. And he was doing it as a favor for me when I first moved here and we were both sober and we hit it off. So Josh came onto the podcast and I was so excited. And while Josh is on the podcast, he's like texting someone. I won't say who, but it was like a bigger celebrity. And I was like, I'm like one degree of separation away from this massive celebrity. Yeah. And then literally within two hours, I was at the restaurant being called an idiot by my guest because I didn't know what medium rare was. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like two hours ago, I was like, I've made it. And now within literally two hours, I'm getting shit on by a guest. And I'm like, I think I'm just going to jump out of my window. Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> well, you were with Josh at the restaurant? or No, I was else? with Josh here at the studio. Okay, and then, then you were with somebody hours, else. And then a couple hours later, I went into work. Oh. And then I was on this high of like, man, oh, man, I'm going to make it in comedy. I'm going to make it in something. Sure. And then I was getting yelled at by a guest like within a two to three hour window. So mm. that's the thing is like it's what you're saying with you're out side of Madison Square Garden rapping with Fat Joe and it's yeah. like dude this is sick but, and then an hour later someone's like you should go on America's Got Talent yeah, you're like, and you're kill like, yourself yeah I don't want them to kill themselves no, because it I would be that. sick if I was on America's Got Talent they're like what do you do and you're like watch this you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, let me rap about stuff. All right, everyone hold up this item and word and I'll just. So you can you put know, that stuff together. That yeah, quickly. that's that, that is that's, a talent. That's a gift. That's a talent. And I had a meeting today with another comic, um, a shout out Chris Turner. And we were just talking about like uh, he also does freestyle rap. He's British. And we were just like talking. About, and we were like referring to Harry Mack. And you could kind of construct these whole shows around freestyle. I've written songs with hit makers like all Grammy nominated everyone mm -hmm. for since 2009. I've been working with these people because that's what they've developed into. And then you do all that work and work with all these great songwriters. And then everyone's like, I like your freestyle. And you're like, what about my songs? And so I've perfected freestyle freestyle, but now I'm like studio time, studio time. I want to make songs that mm -hmm. last forever. And I had, just in the past couple of years, I had some viral songs and songs that get a lot of streams. And I'm like, yo, this feels very fulfilling, a little bit different. And the thing about improv, it's, you know, for a drinking person or a drug person, it's like immediate gratification. You, and same as comedy. It's mm -hmm. like you say one thing, you fall out laughing. I win. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get the reaction right but, there in the room. But then when it goes stale, you're like, oh, my God. I am a bad person. <laughs> I might not have a place to live. My, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like whatever, whatever things you use to put yourself down as a creative. This is just as a creative in general. Mm -hmm. Like I had a good email blast. I had a good short story. And now this person doesn't ex think it's cool, you know. But yeah. then one day you get, boom, you know, a show offer. And you're like, I'm high again. But that... All those highs and lows really do not reflect on who we are as people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that really has nothing to do with it. I'm trying to work and not be excited or disappointed. It's just part of the process. Yeah, the ups and downs can be <clears throat> wild. So it is very important to mm -hmm. stay level. I was just talking to Daniel Torado. He's a very funny comic. I host another podcast with him. And he had mentioned that because I had done a show that I'd crushed, but it was in a smaller club. So I was like, oh, nobody cares. And then like literally a week later... I had a show in a bigger club and I did the same set list and it didn't go as well. And I was like, that's devastating. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same thing you're talking about with the, with music where it's like, you know, sometimes you crush with a song and then other times it's just not as accepted. Yeah, there's as so, well many, there's like, so many outside factors. Yeah. There's a right? lot that goes into you it. You run the same jokes everywhere in the country. And in one city, someone tries to fight you. You yeah. post that video, someone trying to fight you. Everyone starts commenting, oh, my God, dude, fuck that guy. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, get him. You, know? <laughs> you get all get the him, support. Get him, Brennan. And you're like, yeah, and you get all the support. And then the other place, the thing kills, and you're like, yeah. So you go viral off getting into a fight with some whatever person it's like. Yeah, Very, people love negativity. They love negativity. I wanted to ask you, how did the um, why I love negativity. I love negativity. People love it. We we talk about me and Daniel and my our other co-host Matt Fullstrong. We talk about it every week, man. We try to do a positivity podcast. Boom! And it always gets derailed. <laughs> it always gets derailed. That's funny. How did you end up on uh, Wildin' Out? Was that from LA? That no, that was just from the Fat Joe video. Okay, that, I feel like that was really a big catalyst. From there, I had a big, I had a viral Hanukkah song. That okay, was Gary V made an appearance in the video. Me and my buddy made. I got like. Probably like 300,000, 200,000 views in like a week. That's awesome. Monica, so it was like really up there, a lot of streams. It was a remix of Adam Sandler song. I got a variety interview because I'm everything sure. was happening. And then I got the audition. 
got a call back, went to the you know tryouts. So what it. is that like going uh, for the auditions? Because I've heard comics talk about it. Is it the same audition for everybody? No, I think everyone gets kind of a different experience. Okay. I mean, it's difficult, like especially I rap, and the main part of the show is rapping. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I mean, uh, every show there's a battle. Okay. So at least once a show, people are going to be like, yo, your mom's a whatever. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, man. I mean, that show was a great idea. I remember when it first came out. It's a great idea. It's a legendary show. It's the longest running, one of the longest running shows. God, and I was there for, I remember season one. Really? Yeah. (coughs) Oh my God, how old are you? Sorry, I'm choking. 35. Mm -hmm. I remember when Nick first put that show together (coughs) because I didn't know what it was. There was like rap elements to it and hip hop elements, but then there was also, I knew Nick Cannon as like a comedic actor. <coughs> so I had no idea like what, so watching it for the first time, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty fucking cool. It's sick. There's like certain episodes where like they're just battling each other and then there's other sketches. There's so much rap and that's what I do. I'm yeah. down to, you know, that's my job. So do you ever like- Rip them up. Do they still Gills, have- get them. Couch. Bars. Do they still have guests that come on? What? Yes. So do lots you? Of, lots of guests. Do you? Are they? Everyone surprised? is ultra famous. Okay. Everyone's ultra way more famous than us. <laughs> it's just not that hard to do. You know, I love it how you're taking notes. You're like way more famous. <laughs> yeah. Than me. Whenever, <laughs> whenever you say something that I either want to put in the notes for the actual episode or I think could be a title. I'm going to write it down. He's like sucking his own. No. <laughs> You're way like, more wait, famous wait. than us. Way more famous That might than be us. the title. Um, the cool thing about it is that like, I just, remember, I, I just, this is crazy. Like there is this dude, uh, his name is Fireboy DML. He was like 19. He does like um, Afrobeat, you know? He has a song, Peru, 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 Peru. Like it's, and then like later, he like did the show with us. And we exchange number like we do like a collaborative song together. We you know I do a rap battle. He's not, he's there. There's mm-hmm. another celebrity guest, and you know this guy has song has a couple you know has a million followers. I'm like wow you know where are you from? Is Nigeria? I'm like that's crazy. You're like here we are in Atlanta, and you know they're making a song with us. We get to make a song together mm-hmm. like a in the song creation game right. And uh, then I like look online and I'm like dude. Guys on stage at Wembley Stadium in front of eighty thousand people with Ed Sheeran. I'm like, That's what sick. the fuck? Who is this little shit? <laughs> you know what He's I mean? Nineteen year old little yeah, shit. But he was so excited to be with us because he loves the show. So because we're on the show, it's sort of like this. It's like the biggest gift you could have asked for. Plus, I'm like the Jewish guy on the show. So yeah. then I get to be like, it's like my dream. Uh, technically, it's my dream. It's like I've always been the Jewish kid around all black people rapping in battles in, you know, Newark. And this is stuff I remember as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Now I'm with a teenager and like kind of like the roles have changed. I'm sort of like I'm older. You know what I mean? I'm not too like too old, but like I'm just it took me. 20 17 years to kind of get my first you know tv credit yeah i mean i've been on morning shows and things like that and i even got a thing on late night with stephen colbert called bald festival i created a festival for bald people and yesterday i did bald hashana which was rosh hashana jewish new year bald national bald day was yesterday it was a hybrid okay and i'm like you know it was just i'm like this is a genius idea 
and no one cares this time. <laughs> but like Bald Fest really hit and that was before I got onto Wild and Out and you know, to, so like when I was on Wild and Out and I'm still on the show and we have another season coming out, you're, you're there and you just don't know who's gonna show up. Like you're yeah. working with someone one day, they're, they're just chilling, everyone's excited to be there because you're about to be on a legendary show. Yeah, they're fans of the show. Fans of the show, exactly. There's fans of the show, like they sold out Madison Square Garden. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. It's like I know the show, like if you, and I, like I said, I'm 35 so I'm a little older, but like going to the stand and stuff when I, when I first moved here, and someone was like, oh, you know, and then I like meet Maddie Smith and they're like, oh, she's on Wild and Out. I'm like, fucking, I know that show. Like, that's great. Like, yeah. I know that show. Maddie Smith is a fucking monster. Beast. Monster. Yeah. But how I, I'm curious because I want to get into the drinking stories and you said you've been arrested a few times and stuff like that. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you. And once when I was sober. Oh, really? Yeah, that's fun. Tell that story. I will. I will. But keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's start back from the beginning. So when did you first start like drinking and doing drugs and stuff like that? Like how old? 17, maybe 16. I remember after I took the SATs, the first one, I got into it more. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like my first blackout, I was 15. But maybe okay. my first blackout, I was 12. Um, Like vomiting and stuff like that. Yeah. How different. did it? Do you remember how? I remember drinking like before there were AirPods, Tide Pods. Before yeah. there were AirPods, there were Tide Pods. <laughs> And I, before there was that, there was just out. dishwasher detergent. And I don't know, I was like mixing alcohol with all kinds of things. And they were just like, well, I mean, just drink everything. And just, you were know. you doing it for effect or like, why were you even doing it in the first like place? Like to like be cool amongst my like neighbor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then at 17 is, is that with his mom and stuff like that? And it oh, was really? wild. Yeah. His mom was like, I don't know. With his mom? Yeah, it was well. She wasn't drinking the dishwasher. Yeah, detergent, but you were. Bro. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep it clean, you know. Gotta that? gotta keep it clean, man. Yeah, man. So um, when when did you uh, like when did you start partying and stuff? Because these sound like isolated incidents. Yeah, that, isolated. That, yeah. After I turned seventeen, turning eighteen, start a little bit. Got arrested on my eighteenth birthday. This is then, in Jersey. Yeah, and then I was just like dodging. What did you get arrested for on your 18th birthday? Uh, we went to someone's house to buy weed. Yeah. <laughs> Who was like, you know, my old wrestling teammate or whatever the fuck. And, and they were just know, waiting just for like, you? Yeah, the guns drawn and everything. It yeah. was crazy. I was I've had like, that happen before. I was like, dude, it's the 90s. Hello. <laughs> 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 so, um, uh, and then I like went to college and then college, which is where did crazy. you go to college? Rutgers. Oh shit. That's a big school with my boy, Brennan. Yeah. You know, shout out Ryan Brennan. Um, I remember just going to the drinking, like drinking the funnels from like the second story and just yeah, the beer and yeah. Stuff. yeah. And just you said you were Halloween in, yeah. high, in college. Mm -hmm. Did you go on a wrestling scholarship or did you walk on? Nah, it was just kind of like a walk on, but like I'm part of the wrestling team, but yeah. I'm paying my way through school. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's what I did with football. Yeah. I only got a partial scholarship, so I had to pay the rest of my way. So. Yeah. But were you, did you love that lifestyle of like wrestling during the day and then getting fucked up at night? Or like, what was your. Yeah. I don't know. It was just like, there was just a lot of like me, tr like it was weird. I was still into just really impressing everybody, but like not being a good enough wrestler, but, but you know, trying to schmooze my way in, mm -hmm. you know, it was like trying, you, the thing is with sports, you can't do that. You can't fake it. You can't like 
talk your way in through no. the security guard. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Like you're about to get. I showed but up in I South loved... Florida to play D1 football, and I was like, I don't belong here. Right. These okay. are men. <laughs> no, and I was holding my own the first year. Like, yeah. you know, I remember beating a guy. I was like at Harvard. It was like two time state champ. Like, oh, you know, shit. I was beating yeah. him. Like, I could beat a motherfucker. Like, but then when the drugs and sort of all that stuff started really taking over. Like I had a wrestle off with one guy I lost that I've been wrestling for my entire life and just like not being able to pull out some of those close victories and stuff was all due to, you know, getting high. Yeah. And then, you know, ultimately my second arrest was the end of my sophomore year. I got arrested for ecstasy. I woke up on the beach. It was like, it was like fentanyl back then. Like it yeah. was like the big thing. And then from there, you know, I had like seven felony charges. They're like distribution. From beach, that one arrest? Like, yeah, school. Like, yeah, like I'm going to go to prison on my first offense. Jesus. And I'm like, well, if everyone thinks I'm a drug dealer, I'm going to really be a drug dealer. So I went back like ready to do it. What happened? Um, what happened with the arrest? So you <clears> get arrested. You said you're on the Then beach. you're on bail. Yeah. You're on bail. You get 10%. Mm -hmm. You pay like whatever. If it's 20000 So you when you got 2, out on bail, you were like, I'm going to go back now and really... Do really do i'm gonna show okay. you guys i thought you meant when you, you resolved everything the first time but this is when you're out this is like the two months in between to, it's really over a year so now from oh, here so to the next pushed. year yeah. yeah so the next whole year is like the literal downfall of my life okay it's, yeah yeah my first dui we did that we kept getting my uh i just Shit had pushed back a public yeah. defender and he just kept pushing it back pushing it back he's like we'll just keep pushing it until they won't let us push it anymore and then we'll deal with it but my second one, because I was like dead to rights, like literally like was, it was a whole, it was a mess of a situation. Mm -hmm. I literally was like, let's get this resolved now. Right. But so for you, you get arrested, seven felony counts, and you just keep getting it pushed. Keep getting it pushed. And I'm selling drugs, hardcore. Yeah. Like. What were you selling? Coke, ecstasy. Oh, so you're selling weed, everything. Mushrooms. Which isn't hard at, on campus. Yeah. I mean, whatever is easy, this yeah. not easy, whatever. I'm sure I sold downers too and percocet i'm sure i'm trying to sell something here or there do yeah. some sort of deal anything i did to not have a regular job essentially mm -hmm. and uh yeah that whole year i ate california cheeseburgers i never left one neighborhood i couldn't even make it to campus i was like incapacitated like hooked i remember after 9 11 i think i did cocaine for like every single day oh shit for like a month to a point where yeah i was like really fucked up yeah like I remember there were these, there was like a couple, there was like one girl was named Ida and I don't know what her boyfriend's name was and they would fight with each other and they would sell drugs on the street corner and shit and it was like a love, it was like Romeo and Juliet yeah. but uh, with cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just fucking chaotic and there was a place called Plum Street Pub which I feel like someone did a play or a movie on and everyone there was on drugs and everyone, it was the biggest shithole and everyone was like. So would you go there to sell or just hang out? Or? Yeah, I would go there for wisdom, learning and to practice Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I used to bring my Spanish homework there to the bar to, to practice with yeah. the guy who sold me drugs named Fernando. And then my lawyer said, and I was crying at the lawyer. This is so crazy is that I remember going there and I'm like on trial for selling XC. I have like 30 XC pills in my pocket. My father's bringing me there. I mean, he doesn't know this. He'll hear yeah. this podcast. He'll be like, really? Really? You did this? <laughs> you, did <laughs> this. you did this. And, so uh, you he, had pills in your pocket going to trial. I was 
You just no going care. to the lawyer's office. I'm oh, going okay, to trial. Okay, I'm okay. not a fucking psychopath. That's like, why I was like, dude, you just no. But off like, the wagon. but I was like, I was like, if you ever seen somebody that you would never talk to, that would be me. Like, yeah, that was that year. Like you would never talk to me. I was smoking like angel dust. Like yeah, I was just you know I was like anything right. And I, I I'm just also telling you the story so I could like imagine it in real time. Like one day I'll look back at this and know that I told the story properly. They were like, uh, yeah, so Rami, you're going to do time on your offense. I'm like, how could you make me do time on my first offense? So the other offense got thrown out. Like when I got arrested when I was 18, got thrown out because it was a legal search and seizure. And mm -hmm. they were, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like the police were trying to scam me into doing all kind of shit for them. My dad's like, no, we're not doing that shit. And I'm like, yeah, it was just, it was like a complete fucked up thing. And I'm like, oh my God. So this, now I was red handed guilty. Right. But because I was operating with this one dude, uh, he like it was just a crazy like I don't everyone's now out of prison and doing yeah. everything right. Like their regular lives. But they were like this one guy um, is like under watch by federal marshals. It came from my house and like someone like supposedly killed somebody and they were coming from my house. Which, so they tried to Rico you. They tried to pin all these other people's stuff. Well, they're like, you're going to do time. He's yeah. like, basically. And I'm like, oh, that's so unfair. And I have all these drugs on me. And I'm like, I'm in this. So you guys know how this is wrong. It's not how it's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to get a slap on the wrist and go to like 12 step meetings. So something. what happened? <laughs> huh? What happened? I mean, I ended up doing time on that offense. Yeah. You know what I mean, on my first offense and shit. And how they much were did like, you end up doing? Uh, they tried to give me five years. Then I pled guilty somehow to nine months. And okay. then I ended up doing a couple months of that and got paroled. Yeah. So like that's that uh, the first time or the first time I actually like went in front of a judge. I had skipped town on my probation for my first DUI. So this is the first time by first time. I mean, the first time I'm like in real trouble and everyone was like, Oh, slap on the wrist. You'll get a slap on the wrist. And I yeah. get in front of the judge and he was like, well, the state's recommending nine months. And I was like, wait, what? Like for a couple, like DUI, like, come on, man. Come on, bro. It's ABCs, DUIs, whatever. <laughs> so big I deal. ended up, it was the same kind of thing as they, they suggest the state suggested nine months. Luckily I pleaded it down to four and then ended up doing like three and then got out fun yeah the best <laughs> but this is in florida and palm beach county there's a, a higher tax bracket down there than i'm assuming than in new jersey how was that uh it was i remember i went like this is a thing up to the last day i was like getting high and stuff and i yeah. was just like what i remember going in and you know just this time and this was like, I had two physical, I had a physical bottom and a spiritual bottom. Mm -hmm. This is the physical stuff. And I was like, during the physical stuff, when I lived here in New Brunswick, I couldn't, like I broke into my own apartment because I didn't have the key, like shit like that. Mm -hmm. And just, just like little, literal things I, I could not operate. And then I go do the time. I literally, I probably get into like five fights within like the first two weeks and then it stops. But I mean, like I literally got my ass handed to me, like my whole shit split open. I tell people uh, that all the time. And I, same, same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Yo, I walked so in and they went TV room and I was like, no guys, I'm okay. And then like, <laughs> TV <laughs> room. And I was like, God I, damn it. I got drunk in jail too. Did you really? Yeah. I wanted to get drunk at, with hooch. They used to have yeah. hooch or whatever when you would make it, but I didn't make it. I, I just somehow got it from somebody else. And, um, which is, that's why I'm really adamant about like learning how to cook now. I'm like, I don't want, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was always a guy Toilet that managed, I was always a guy that managed to get somebody else to do it for me. You yeah. know, it's like get a girl who cooks or get a friend who makes the dinner and, yeah. and get the j- other jail bunkie who makes the hooch and you just drink it. You You're know, the what I mean? that makes the hooch. And yeah. now, now I'm on my spiritual path. I want to make the food. I want to make you juice. I want to make you a mocktail. Yeah, you want to do it. Uh, me. <laughs> so what? What ends up? So you get into all. You get into five fights. Your first two weeks. You're drinking hooch. You're having a time. You said you hit your physical bottom. What was your spiritual bottom? Then was that? So after? I get out of jail, and then um, like I get, you know, I get the calls. Everyone's like, "Welcome home, fam. We out yeah. here." Because you know, in jail, it's called a correctional facility. So you figure out how to correct your wrong ways and do them better. Yes. <laughs> At least that's so, what they hope for. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, for drug dealers or, you know, people that have It's no, an education. Yeah, it's an yeah, so you, you're like, Yeah, man, I'm out to go out there and do it bigger. You know, I learned so, so much from going to jail. Yeah. Like I, just about being better at doing crime. Because <laughs> yes. everyone goes over there. I mistakes. became more Jewish in jail, I would say, because this Christian dude that would always read, you know, they had the daily bread mm-hmm. over there and you're yeah. like, oh, the daily bread. It was like, you know, you're like for anyone trying to like not get in trouble, you read the daily bread. And uh this guy's like Rami, you better you better fast for Yom Kippur. And I was like, oh, I wanted to impress the like. He was like my favorite like drug addict, bunky, like yeah. older guy. I was very into like wisdom and stuff. And I'm like, his name was Smitty. The dude was of course it shout was. out. Yeah, he told me a couple things. He told me fast for Yom Kippur, and he says, yeah, you see that guy? He trashed his he trashed his cell like a like a hotel party. Like when someone left, there was a dude who like threw shit all over his cell before he left to state prison. Yeah. Like a hotel party. So he took all the toilet paper and like, Just you know, you would trash yeah. a hotel room. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that was the thing. So he trashed a cell. I don't know. That was Smitty wasn't I, happy about it. No, he thought it was really funny. Oh, he, he did? Like, ah, yeah, yeah. It's Smitty. Did you guys, before you, before people would leave, did they, I mean, this was my experience, but people would just give their stuff away. Like, uh, were, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you could leave people with whatever. Well, cause I had, when I uh, was finally sentenced, I had my contacts in. This is kind of a stupid story, but it was so fitting for jail. I didn't have glasses. I had my contacts in. And when I got there, I was like, hey, I need a contact case and saline solution to the guard. And they were like, fuck off. I'm like, no. <laughs> and I was like, you don't understand. I can't leave these in my eyes because I'll get an infection. But if I take them out, I cannot see. And they were like, fill out a form, I guess. So they gave me like a med- – and then – so someone heard me telling this to That's the guard crazy. and they were like, Hey, I'm leaving tomorrow. Do you want my stuff? And I was like, we can do that. And they're like, yeah, just, you know, pay it forward. When you go to leave, make sure you give people your stuff. That's rare. I don't know. Okay. So I, yeah, I didn't I know, know if that was a common Maybe that was, thing. I don't or, think people are like, here, give it this. I, I remember I wanted to be tough and I like, took somebody's shit. Did you? Yeah. How'd that go? Did you take know. it? Well, cause you can wrestle like you can. Yeah. And at that point it was toward the end. Take you. Take your, I took his food or something. Like I, I was just just jacking trays, man. It wasn't a tray, but it was like I took his muffin or something. But we swished, and I just kept. I don't know. Like I, I always thought I was tougher than I really was. Yeah, I'm not that guy. I'm not. That's the yeah. reality. I'm not that. Me too. I'm not that. I'll I've, fight back if someone comes at me. Yeah. I'll fight back. I'm. I've and that's why I've taken a lot of shots on the chin. You know what I mean? I'm the same I mean, exact way. Is I look this way so people think I try to be a tough guy. <laughs> no, and I'm, a nice, like, I'm a nice guy. Hello? I, I'm a sweetheart. I, no, but literally, because like, I'm 6'1", 230 pounds, and I work out a lot, so I'm like a bigger guy. And, you know, constantly. Whoa. When I first go to when I first got to jail, it was always like, hey, big guy, big guy, big guy. And I was like, all right, like, I get it. 
But it's one of those things where it's like, I'm the biggest soft. Like if someone comes at me or someone I care about, that's a different story. Sure. But like if someone's just going crazy on the train or like yelling at, like I'm just kind of like, all right, just look down at my feet. I don't want to have any <laughs> yeah, trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't no want problems trouble. here, guys. No problems. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I, you know, I lived a, a weird life there thinking I was someone I wasn't, which is, you know, still you sort of navigate that even when you're sober. But like – um. I got out of jail four days. I went to some drug deal. My friends were all setting up. We were, they robbed everybody oh, with shit. guns. And that was like crazy. Your friends did or your friends were the ones who got robbed? Yeah, we were the ones who got robbed Damn. with guns. So it was like, they stole the drugs and they uh, pistol whipped my buddy. And just like, and that, that was like, I was like, I'm going to die. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you could have my money and my chains, which was like silver and like 20 bucks. Yeah. But it was fine. Like Take they it. stole other money and, you know, but they were like, everyone run everything. And then from there on, like I was getting right, I got right back into selling drugs immediately. And then I was like taking urine tests for parole and then taking urine tests for probation and then like trying to like get back on it. And then at some point I navigated, I'm like, I'm just going to drink and, and, and uh, sell drugs. And, uh, I'm going to get a girlfriend and I'm going to, that'll fix it. To, that my, even my mother, get a girlfriend, <laughs> do so, like, you know what I mean? At this yeah. point you're like 20, nothing like you're going to get a girlfriend, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm thinking I'm 21 or 22 mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, navigating that. And then I started doing okay. And then, you know, of course that relationship goes to shit because, yeah. you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't have any boundaries or nothing. I'm complete savage. Uh, and, um, I was very obsessed with loyalty, you know, like Sopranos was out. I'm going to stay loyal. You know what I'm saying? It's my girl. So, bow, bow, whatever, you know, fucking, I, I thought I was like the Jewish guy. I thought he was Italian. Like, where's the other? <laughs> I wanted to be like a fucking, <laughs> like, yeah, I shopped at all the Italian stores, like the Menlo Mall. Hey, how you doing? Hey, yeah, how you doing? Hey, no, seriously. Kosher deals. How many times I got to fucking, fucking tell, tell you? you. <laughs> no we are at the end. Yeah. Yeah. There's three kinds of people. People like you, people like me. People don't give a fuck about <laughs> you know, some shit. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Hey, give it a door test. You hold up a door. You know what I'm saying? And that's like the shit I kind of was like obsessed with because my brother brought me to see Bronx Tale when I was growing You're up. Watching the Sopranos, yeah. Sopranos, but like also Sopranos, like the son was like selling ecstasy at Rutgers, and I'm like, I'm selling ecstasy at Rutgers. We're like the same guy. <laughs> I'm selling, I got pounds of wieners, Indian dudes here, and now it's me. And I was, I wouldn't say I was like, uh, I could have got canceled or, you know, in today's world, or I was like, I was like racist, but it was like, all right, I got a yarmulke. I could drive through Island Park. You know, I'm like, all right, maybe I'll hang out with these guys. I'll dress Italian and I'll sell drugs with the Indians. No yeah. one, and then the Indian guys got caught and the black dudes ratted me out and the fucking, you know, the yarmulke at Island Park didn't work. You get pulled over. Like it, all your greatest ideas when you're drinking, like that's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. So you're like, nah, this is how it is. And you're like, no, that's anytime I start, if I'm in like a state of disarray and you're like, actually, that's not how it is. You know what I mean? You need to have I a know, level, yeah. a level head. And I thought like I had a genius idea. I thought I was, you know, I put like 50 XC pills up my ass and I'm like, I am Johnny Depp in blow. I am moving kilos and kilos of cocaine. Like, no, you're not. You have a bag of bills up your ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have a bag of bills up your ass. A little different. A little different. It's a little different. I mean, I respect the fact, but like, 
you it's not happening. Yeah, respect you know the hustle, man? but come on. Man. Respect the hustle, but you just gotta wipe your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so what was <laughs> what was the the point where you were like, okay, I need to figure this out? Oh, so I did it. Um, that girl left me, and then I it got really dark. It was just like she wasn't loyal. <laughs> no, she got out with her life. Thank God for her. Um, so uh, she. Like I was back in school and I was like, I got to just graduate and then like get better. And I'm like, I started, started doing drugs again. I started staying up on like, uh, started getting high off my own supply. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I started, you know, staying up all weekend and I'm like, holy shit, like up till 6am and you're like, or five, four, went 4am, 5am, 6am. And then you stay up so late. You're like, well, I just might as well stay up all next day and then go I'm to already bed because yeah. I'm already up. So I'll go to bed at a normal time the next day. So it's like you stay up Friday, you don't go to bed for Saturday morning, you'll go to bed Saturday night mm -hmm. to wake up Sunday. You know what I mean? But you sleep all day Sunday and you're because you didn't sleep for two days. Yeah, because yeah, your body's yeah. still like, no, your body's fuck you, like, asshole. you idiot. Yeah. So the last and like I said, you know, I uh I thought all these people like would never get caught and this guy wouldn't and like all my all my ideas were wrong, mm -hmm. right? Um I went to uh, school one day, some guy, I was selling cemetery plots door to door, uh, I, my last month of like me before I got popped. Yeah. And um, I was like up and I would take uppers and downers. So I almost died, you know, like cause of the fucking, you speed know, ball, heart, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Sound didn't sound like that when I did it. <laughs> Speedball. It's called speedball. <laughs> if you take a bunch of cocaine and a bunch of Tylenol PMs, it's called a, <laughs> It's, it's called a speed bump. Not speed, speed yeah, ball. It's, not, <laughs> it's yeah. a speed ball. <laughs> Cocaine and heroin's the speed ball, but I mean so, that's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. A little curb. <laughs> um <laughs> a little boop boop boop. Um so that happened. I started, you know, passing out like we would cold call places to sell cemetery plots and openings and closings of people that own plots. Because mm -hmm. you know, when you buy a burial ground, burial plot in a cemetery, so if anyone's listening. You don't just buy the plot and that's it. You got to pay for the opening and closing yeah. of the plot. So you got to pay somebody to dig, to it, dig up. it out and dig it. Yeah. Yeah. You just get that. You don't bury yourself. Right. Yeah. So was that your line? You don't bury yourself. Yeah. You think I'm going to think you just got to hop in there. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? We might throw you in there. Yeah. So Ow! I was doing that and then doing door to door cemetery sales. Like, how would you like to invest in your future? That's so twisted. Seriously, though. And I was like, oh, I'll sell cocaine to the doctor. And then, you know, and then I'll sell him like a cemetery plot once he overdoses. Like, I was crazy. You were I thinking, thinking like it's that. It's all coming together. Yeah. Now I now I do intriguing Jewish events. But that time in my life, that was one of my <laughs> that was one of my genius ideas. So I was still selling bags of this and that. And one guy wanted to get a bunch of stuff. And I was like in school during a summer session. And I was coming from doing door-to-door -door sales. And, you know, I was on probation. And I went everywhere with all the drugs. Like, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't even leave it in my house because I thought people get it. So I just put in my balls everywhere I went. So anywhere I went, I just had half ounce of cocaine on me, whatever. So, of course, I'm in all my, you know, Italian clothing that I bought at the mall. And uh, I'm talking, like, these stores, I think, are still there. This place was called Ludi. I think it's still there. And it just yeah. it takes all probably shit. So everything's always half off. You know, yeah. It's one of those places. Yeah. <laughs> so I go and I get set up in this deal and I'm running and I'm running. And then I have um, 
the half ounce of Coke in my pocket and I throw all the small amounts of drugs and I'm like running in my shiny pants and my stupid ass looty shoes and my feet. I'm a little fat. Fucking Where are you running? To? Running um, back into class. I oh, come okay. out of class. I'm thinking I got to run back into the school zone for anyone. You don't run into a school zone if you're <laughs> selling drugs because yeah. it's it goes from a third degree to a second degree crime, which is guaranteed, you know, prison time. Yeah. So just in case any of you guys out there are running into are school, just get in, out of there. Yeah. You know? So you're running back to get into the class. I want to just running. pretend like it's yeah. not happening. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wrestled. Undercover cops are jumping on me. Everyone's oh, because you were just running? So yeah. they just jumped on you? Yeah, they're chasing me. I'm running through the school with everybody. But well, how did up. the cops How did the cops start chasing you? That's Because I was set up by the kid. That Okay, that's yeah. the part I missed. So okay. I forgot to tell you, too. So my bad. Um, so <laughs> I was guy so said confused me, for a second. I was like, texting wait. me, whatever. I'm like, all right. I'm running back in, running, shaking off, and I have that amount, and I'm in handcuffs already because they they saw me throw everything away, so they assume yeah. I have nothing on. So them. the guy set you up. You're running, like yeah. throwing stuff. I throw just, him just, off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then he's on me, and I wrestled him off, and uh, and then I'm in handcuffs because I'm just like, all right, whatever, it's a wrap, and uh, I'm I'm like, I still have all the coke on me, and I'm like, oh my god, let me get it out of my pocket, you know, and who knows, and they no one found it. Oh, so you like, were able to like wiggle it out and nobody yeah, found it? and I thought, wow, God is so good to me because it didn't come up on a discovery. And I'm yeah. like, maybe I have a chance. So I had money at the house and this, and we're like, we're going to rehab. At that point, it was like 10000 a month, which is so cheap in comparison. It's probably about 30000 a month now. I went for 42 days and it was like $28,000. Yeah. Luckily, I had insurance at the time, but... Yeah, this this was like they were like the lawyers were like you need to stay in something voluntarily so you have a chance of not doing like five years of prison because you got in a sting operation you were mm -hmm. like set up yeah right? like this is not they know bullshit. why you were at the house yeah yeah like they know what I was like I was <laughs> yeah. set up by another guy they caught you know what yeah. I mean by a rat so I'm like uh, this fucking rat yeah and uh, oh my god like I was just like yeah I just. I was I I was just ready because the week before I was like staying up so late I'm like I gotta go back to meetings or I gotta gotta get arrested gotta because get I'm some not gonna sleep. stop yeah. yeah and I yeah I need to go to bed <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I just made a song called I should probably go to bed um, so and that was it I went to rehab I was in jail for a week my feet were killing me because. Running in those looties. Yeah, running in the looties. And uh, that was it, man. I just went, poof. And I went to uh, I went to Endeavor House, it was called. Now it's like a methadone clinic or suboxone. It's not even a, a rehab anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and that was it, man. That was, was the last just, time. That was it, dude. I so was you've been just, sober ever since? Yeah, bro. Just yeah. July 30th, 2004. Wow. Congratulations, crazy. man. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm pretty fucked up. Yeah. But, but I mean, I'm not. I just, I'm willing to work on myself. Now, it's amazing to work on yourself after you thought you've done so. Like in the beginning, when you get sober and you meet someone sober, like, yo, you should be so proud. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, everything's cool. Like you got what, five years, 10 yeah, years? Five years. Five years is cool. Then you're like, all right, you'll hit another boom. Now you're going to work on some, you're going to go through something right now. And then you'll have 10 and you'll go through some, you'll have 15. And you're like, then I'm like, oh my God, I'm going through stuff now where I'm like, I never felt like this before because yeah. you know, the perception of when you compare yourself as somebody that's like us, 
that you should be where other people are, especially for people that are creatives and comics and performers and writers, especially writers and people see people that are successful and, and with the social media now and seeing everyone else smiling at all these things, having fun and posting the best clip of everything. Yep. We think we should be somewhere else, right? We think that our qualification is by how many people that follow us and everything. And back in the day when I got high and drunk, there were like three years where there was not one picture because the cool shit to do for people like us was to never have any yep. fucking evidence. It's, nothing, nothing, no pictures, nothing. It's and I'm, a, and I'm a zero. Nobody I, knows me. When I, I meet tried. Them, I'm, I'm enamored by them. I tried the other day. I was going back through old uh, friends of mine from college, their Facebook like photo albums. I'm not in a single fucking picture. And I remember <laughs> partying with these people. But it's what you're talking. It's like, I don't no, 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 no. Like, don't don't take a picture of me doing this. Like, this is fucking illegal. Like, don't do that. And so then I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I was just gone. Like, if you didn't, if I didn't have the stories, like, in my head, they just wouldn't exist. So it's like an insane thing to be like. And pretty much any picture of me with hair does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's that a great way to leave it, man. Plug everything one more time. Let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah. Um, Kosha Dills is the Instagram, YouTube, K-O-S-H-A-D-I-L-L-Z. Listen to my music on Spotify, uh, Kosha Dills, K-O-S-H-A-D-I-L-L-Z. Uh, if you're overseas, it's Zed. And uh, <laughs> KoshaDillsWorld.com is the website. You got the pickle merch up there? Uh, yeah, KoshaDillsMerch.com. Yeah. You could get bucket hats. You could get pickle socks. You could get... I got the pickle socks right show here. Em, show them, show them. Damn. Damn, dude. Damn, kosher deals. Yeah, man. Made in China. What's popping? <laughs> and uh, yeah, man. But now I'm just like on a really awesome self. I, the other day, I went to New Zealand and uh, I did a show, some shows out there and some conferences. And I was there for two weeks and I didn't post any pictures really like a psychopath. You was know? it fun? It was amazing. And I took so many pictures and I'm like, I'm going to make a photo album. So the only way. You know what I mean? Because I just hard don't want to be. Yeah. yeah, hard copy books. You don't want to contribute to the. I just, you know what? There, or I want to post it on a page with zero likes, or someone said, you could just not post things. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I have, I have a lot of, it's funny, my ex used to say it all the time, but I have a lot of pictures where I go somewhere and it's fun and I'll take like a couple of pictures and then I won't even think to post it because I'm like, no, these are, these are for me. And then I, all my stuff on like Instagram and everything is just comedy related. Mm -hmm. And my ex wants to be like, you know, you can post those other pictures too. Like it doesn't just have to be content. And I was like, wait, like I can actually post like nice things. Yeah. Like I, it doesn't have to be like, ha 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 ha. Like make me laugh clown. Yeah. Which was another kind of, it's the reverse of what you're saying, but it was another eye opening thing where it's like. Oh, I can just be a person. Like I don't have to. And it's the same thing too. It's like you don't have to post anything actually if you don't want to. You don't have to post anything if you don't want to. And you could also start another page that barely anyone follows and that you follow 8,000 people and 200 <laughs> follow you. All the things that kill your ego and make you feel Just do that. make you feel smaller cuz it's okay to be small. It's okay to be smaller than someone. It's okay to be bigger than someone and like your 
comfortability with yourself shouldn't make other people uncomfortable. Like I like being big and Jewish and it helps me navigate through certain things, but I never want that to make somebody else feel less like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just doing it to navigate through my own trauma and shit. Trying to get through your life. Yeah. I'm trying to get through it, man. I don't want to go back to wearing looties and selling cemetery <laughs> plots. Do I? Do I? Dude, thanks for coming on. This was a blast. Pleasure. Thank you everybody so much for listening at Brennan T comedy on all social media. All my drinking buddies are, dead <laughs> sorry you said that r.i.p i said it before but i really thought so many of them have passed away yeah, i uh, dedicated i did a one-man show and i dedicated it to one of my best friends because uh tony betts uh bet on <sighs> bets it was he went through this he whole passed. thing he passed yeah so you know this you've heard the story a million times we all heard it where he was like i'm gonna get sober for my parents and then <sighs> he couldn't and then he was like i'll get sober for my girlfriend and then he couldn't and then she got pregnant he goes i'll get sober for my son was dead before his son's second birthday I was like, come on, man. Damn it, dude. Gotta do it my for buddy, me. My buddy Andy, he came with me to the first Modest Yahoo show. Italian dude. Of course. <laughs> on ecstasy, trying to flirt with Orthodox Jewish women in 2004. <laughs> and he passed. <laughs> I love him so much. He gambled everything. He was the biggest psychopath. And there was not a chance that he would ever live to be as long as he had lived. And he lived... You know, he lived great, but it's it's a sad disease. So yeah. it's sad, but here we are, man. We met because of did this. It. Yeah, we did it. So hopefully we bring some people joy and laughter and get yeah. through another day. And that's cool. Coach that Dills, cool. check it out. Hell yeah. Boom. Bye.